0: Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome back to Brown Bag Bets. Powered by BetsBurts, we wheel your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. And good job on the gray shirts, guys. I didn't know we'd be playing this, Yeah, which is quite, get quite a wonderful me? uniform. Andy, nice to see you. And, of course, we'll say hello to our guest. It is Friday. It is a baseball Friday, as you guys probably know by now. Andy and I need as much help with baseball as we can get. Joining us for a second time on the show, Mr. Adam Burke. How are you, Adam? I'm good. Happy Fry Gray, guys. <laughs> yeah, fry gray.
1: And yeah, we tried to get you on. I asked you, and you, you turned us down stone cold. You said nope. I'm going on vacation. So that was it was nice. Yeah, just that's my timing as usual. But it's nice to get you on now that you're back. It looked like Maui was better than Cleveland, I'm assuming. But uh now you're back and uh, did you do any this? It's it's funny. This is a story Drew tells a lot over the years on the deep dive about like just taking it and it, it would be different. You know, if somebody that was your sole income was betting and it was your job, maybe you'd have a team at that point, but like I've done this, I've screwed up on vacations. It's like, did, I mean, the, the question is, did you bet baseball while you're on vacation? Did you actively handicap it? Cause I, I've screwed up some <laughs> vacations. Like, man, I wish I wasn't sweating <laughs> basketball games. I wish I was just enjoying this beach day here on this, you know, whatever cruiser on.
2: So the way that we kind of set it up, we did uh, a couple days in San Diego on the front end and a couple days in San Diego on the back end, and then did Hawaii in the middle, uh, just to kind of break up the trip, break up the time difference. Plus we'd never been to San Diego. So while I was in San Diego and on the flights and all that, you know, I would handicap, I would write up articles, you know, for ATS and all that kind of thing. But while I was in Maui, I, I didn't look at anything and it was nice. You know, it was nice to step away and, uh, You know, maybe I could have been a little bit clearer to the readers about what my plans were and all that. But, yeah, it was nice to just to not really give a shit for a few days and, you know, not sweat anything, not even look at the board, not even worry about what's moving anywhere. Uh, Just enjoy being in the moment and enjoy the scenery of Hawaii. So, yeah, I stepped away and I'm glad I did.
1: Honestly, I've done that a few times. Um, Never during real really during football season. That's a little different because it's not every single day. But uh, I've done that a couple times, and, God, that just does feel nice to, like, you pick up your phone and be like, God, oh, I don't have any scores to check. What am I doing? I'm just going to set it back down, pick up this Mai Tai, and just uh, hit this hammock. Like, that, yeah. it is a really nice feeling. So, But yeah. you are back now, back to the grind. As we said, we can use all the help we can get. I can't figure out baseball. Um, Alex just bets on NOLA which usually works until there's a, <laughs> until there's a problem. Uh, Handjobs for Ewoks is asking if you saw any sea turtles in Maui. I will answer that. I did when I went snorkeling. It was the coolest thing ever. I tried to reach down and touch the turtle. It's a lot further down than I thought, and it hurt my ears because <laughs> I went too deep, freaked out a little, but, no, I saw the turtle at least.
2: We actually did. Um, you know, it, it wasn't, uh, I don't have a forgetting Sarah Marshall reference for you. We're, we weren't snorkeling for that long. But uh, yeah, I mean, we got to see a couple of them. And we were actually looking at the GoPro footage last night that my wife took. So uh, yeah, it was awesome. I mean, it was really, really cool. We did a couple of different snorkeling spots and saw some cool fish. But the turtles were just, I mean, that was, wow. that was phenomenal. It's, it's a really cool experience. Obviously, you've had it, Andy. And if anybody else gets that chance, very highly recommend it.
1: Yeah, turtles are awesome. They are. Turtles are awesome.
0: Turtles Slightly are awesome. Less awesome. But we should talk about some baseball, I guess.
1: I, d- I do season really going for you I mean, Well, you can you keep
0: talking about positives? Hawaii. I, I that, that's, you, you talked about enjoying the break, so that, that would maybe indicate that it's been a rough season?
1: Yeah, and how are you doing that, too, as far as, like, you know, if you didn't pay attention to baseball at all, how did you kind of do your catch-up? I think some people, you know, th- there's some people that maybe are taking – betting a little less seriously and do this on a regular basis where they're just like, I'm not betting for a few days. I don't have the time. And then, I mean, did you go back and look at maybe some advice for some people that have taken some small breaks? Did you go back and look at like a bunch of box scores to catch up? Did you try to, you know, take a, take a look at everything that happened while you weren't looking at baseball, got to look at some starts, look at some, some results or anything like that, or you just kind of take your numbers and run?
2: Well, something I think was nice for me was, you know, the last time you had me on it was right around opening day, I believe, or or shortly before that. And you know, I had just did the the 2021 MLB betting guide where I did the very long extensive team previews and all of that. And what was nice about this break and now coming back to it is I was able to look at everything with a fresher mindset. Look at what's actually taking place here this season as opposed to the things I expected to happen coming into the season. And I'm off to a really bad start in baseball because a lot of the things that I expected to happen have not. And a lot of it has to do with the changes that have been made to the baseball. And it's obviously been a huge month for underdogs and unders and all of that. So a lot of the things that I thought about coming into the season have not worked out. They either, you know, just haven't worked out because of variance, or just because the game has changed. So the nice thing is coming back off of a break, I was able to look at things with a different kind of mindset And now, as opposed to digging into what I thought would happen coming into the season, now I'm kind of digging in as it's time to make adjustments. I've got enough data points. I have enough sample size. So the last really four or five days, I've kind of been looking at not only where it all went wrong, but the direction it's actually going in and trying to figure out what I can do with regards to that.
1: Yeah, that's a fine line too, as far as when to make that adjustment. Like... You have that, am I wrong or have we just not had enough games yet? And I think you it's it's the mark of somebody who has done this for a while to finally realize like, all right, I do need to make some adjustments to x, y, and z in my model or weighting things differently because this is not how I thought it would go. This is how it's going, this is how I think it's going to go going forward. And yeah, once you make those adjustments, usually you see up you know some more measure of success. That's what I'm hoping for. You know, I mean, when you think about it, I was
2: focusing a lot on the contact metrics, you know, exit velocity, hard hit rate, stuff like that. And there are some teams that really shine in those areas, some teams that don't, some pitchers that are really good. But across the board, exit velocity is up this season. You know, the number of batted balls, or the percentage of batted balls of 95 plus miles per hour is up, but the results are way down because the ball's not carrying as well. The ball's not traveling as well. So I was looking at teams coming into the season that made a lot of hard contact and did a lot of hard contact in the air. Well, a lot of those offenses have either struggled or got off to really slow starts. So that didn't work out for me at all whatsoever. And one of the other things that I've noticed here so far is that with the home run rate being down and also the rate of extra base hits in general, bad pitchers are doing better than I expected. Guys that don't have command are actually getting by And what it's done is it's leveled the playing field to where we're getting a lot of these underdogs coming through. There's a lot of parity in the league this year. You know, there's no team that really – there are a couple of teams that really stand out. No teams that really stand out as being that horrible. And we've had a lot of parity because I think that what's happened to the ball and the offensive environment in baseball – has just kind of been a great equalizer for everybody. That was not something that I anticipated coming into the season. So I've lost a lot of favorite plays. You know, big favorites are not doing as well as I expected them to. And the teams that I had isolated as play on teams have not been. So May will look a lot different for me than April in terms of, you know, my strategy and and the teams I'm looking to bet and probably my process as well.
0: So, So when you dug into that, you know, were some of the reasons more, this is an early season thing and we should see some regression? Is it a cold weather thing? It'll get better once it's hotter. Or you mentioned the ball. I mean, do you think the ball is just, we've got a deader ball this year for whatever reason? Maybe something else? Yeah,
2: I, I think the ball is is really playing a big role. And, and yeah, the weather factors are a consideration, certainly. We've had a lot of cold weather games. We've had a couple of stretches where it's been you know nice here in Cleveland, up in Minnesota and, and all that. But for the most part you know, hasn't been that great of a weather month in a lot of places. So that is something that should change. But when you look at the board on a daily basis, Alex, I mean, you know, these totals are getting bet down a half a run, a full run games. I thought would be nine are coming out eight and a half games. I thought would be eight and a half are coming out eight and they're still getting bet down. So it's just an environment here where I'm I'm having to change. And It does seem like we do have enough evidence, enough indication, and also something else, too, that I've kind of been thinking about is, you know, we're on track for the lowest batting average ever. We're on track for the lowest batting average on balls in play since the 80s, and we're going to see a lot of pitchers just make adjustments to throw more strikes, to pitch to more contact, because they know that batted balls aren't going to be as hurtful as they've been in the past, so the walk rate has actually started going down a little bit, so we're in a situation now where teams just aren't getting chances to score runs. And it's become an even higher variance environment because it's all about who gets those hits with men in scoring position and who doesn't because the chances simply aren't there for the good teams, for the bad teams, for anybody. So that's something I'm going to have to read and react to. And it's something I'm kind of a little bit um, you know, concerned about as the rest of the season goes along.
0: It's a really interesting dichotomy that as batting averages get worse, pitchers get more aggressive, then you actually end up with more variance as a result. I mean, I guess scoring will continue to be down, but like you said, so you expect to see, you know, maybe more variance to the closing line, even though they're just going to keep being closer. That's really interesting.
2: Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. I mean, we're still seeing, you know, on a daily basis in the market, anytime an ace is out there, the line's moving at least 15 cents, if not more. I mean, Garrett Cole opened over a $3 favorite today and got bet up like 45 50 cents overnight. So the aces are still taking money, and in a depressed offensive environment that should absolutely happen. But the difference is now that, you know, you're seeing a lot of guys that are average to below average with, you know, 450 460 ERAs, the same kind of FIP. Those are guys that are having more success this year than they've had in the past. So it's almost like some of the past results aren't really as applicable to this season as I, you know, expected them to be. So it's, it's yeah. been a very, very tough environment all the way around.
1: And I – boy, this isn't going to be something you want to hear as someone who's making some decent adjustments to your model, but, like, it makes me worry about what baseball's going to – and when I say baseball, I mean Manfred, I mean the management, the, the ownership, whatever, whoever pulls the strings in here. Like, if we're ha- seeing fewer home runs and fewer runs scored, aren't you worried they're going to do the old switcheroo with the ball again? And I mean, it just because they they pulled that shit in the playoffs a couple years ago. They've done it before. There's been inconsistency in the ball. They've talked about they've had quality issues, which is something I don't believe that was ever true. I think that was just kind of a cover up. And it's funny. I'm, I hate conspiracy theorists. I hate people that get wild with this, but like I'm fully bought in on baseball, you know, the ball quality or the ball, different balls, all the conspiracy theories on that. Like, is that something they would ever do? That's, I've been thinking about that for like three minutes now.
2: I, I mean, I think it's a possibility, you know, and, and especially too, you may get some pressure from the Players Association because they've got CBA negotiations coming up and, and things are already, you know, uh, very dicey to say the least. I think a labor stoppage is very much possible. We may not see next next season start on time with a strike. And, you know, hitters at this point in time have to be very upset. And something I talked about on my podcast, the betters box yesterday And it's actually had a direct impact on my handicapping. A lot of teams have done things to, you know, sort of uh, decrease contact quality against. They've told their pitchers to throw fewer fastballs, all of that. They've had their hitters change their swing paths, try to elevate the baseball more, kind of increase their launch angles and all that. All these teams have made these adjustments predicated on the baseball the last few years. And now Major League Baseball just completely changes it. And so what you're going to have happen is... With offensive numbers down across the board, free agent salaries will go down across the board. So I think there's a chance the Players Association kind of says, look, we got to do something here because this offensive environment, I mean, we're talking about like pre-steroid era offense right now. And so I think that the Players Association may look at this and say, look, our guys need to get paid and their numbers are going to look bad going into free agency, especially relative to recent seasons. So we got to do something with this baseball. we got to change something. If they change midstream, wouldn't shock me at all. And that's just because Rob Manfred is in way over his head here as the commissioner (laughs) of Major League
1: Baseball. We'll get to a question here just because Patrick has been patient. And uh, he says he wants to ask the same question as last week because he didn't get the answer he liked. And it was, he asked about first fives. And I I guess I'll just read the whole thing. He said, I still think, he said, I think there's value in betting first fives despite the juiciness in order to eliminate the bullpen bullshit. I realize bullpen strengths and weaknesses are built into the line, but it seems like a much cleaner handicap when you focus on starting pitcher versus starting pitcher. Do you have any thoughts on that?
2: I mean, yeah, the, the big thing is how much of that line equity are you giving up? compared to the full game because in a given season a team that has a lead after five innings wins that game 82 percent of the time so you know how on average so how much of that line equity are you giving up to play that first five and to me I think there are a lot of different factors you know I mean I'm not necessarily a price dependent handicapper because I'm not a modeler I don't know exactly what the numbers should be which does allow me to have a little bit of a different perspective on first fives relative to full game For me, a lot of times it boils down to, you know, not only the strengths and weaknesses of the bullpen, but who's available, you know, and who's fresh. I mean, if I'm betting the Brewers, for example, and I'm debating between the first five and the full game, is Josh Hader rested? You know, did he pitch yesterday? Did Devin Williams pitch yesterday or the last two days? Something like that. That's more of what I look at when comparing first five to full game. I'll give up some of that line equity if there's a reason to do so, if I know that, You know, the the highest leverage relievers aren't available. You know, if they've pitched back to back days already, something like that. That's more of my determining factor as far as the first five goes, uh, instead of the price. Because, like I said, I don't model. I don't know what I think the price should be. I'm just looking, you know, to be as quantitative in the handicap as I can based on my interpretation of the data. I don't know where the line should be. So I think that's the difference between Frank and I. I'm pretty sure that he's a modeler, he knows what his price should be. So, you know, everything is kind of price dependent for him. Whereas for me there, you know, there's maybe more of a qualitative element to my handicap.
1: And I like that too, instead of making it just a blanket statement, like uh, I'm I'm picking on Patrick here, but the blanket statement that Patrick kind of made rather than, you know, he he didn't elaborate because it's just a a sidebar chat on YouTube. But I, I like how you put that too, is like, it's, it's not always a better move. But, like, there are situations where, you know, you, you look at the bullpen. Con- it's, it's like I say in every show I've ever done. Context, context, context. Like, yeah, is the first five better? Like, I need to know a bunch about how those bullpens were used in the last few days. I need to know the lineup. Like, maybe they're, you know, the, the lineup isn't going to be good against the, you know, the rested bullpen if that starter does come out early. So, I like that quite a bit. Um, what about today? What are we betting on? That? Like, I need to. I haven't found any day 2 draft props yet. I'm going to go digging deep on that. <laughs> here after Aaron this. Null is not like, pitching. Yeah, like I I don't think I've bet do? I bet a, I bet a few golf matchups small, but I don't really have anything yet. Uh what do we what is there anything you love tonight that where the numbers still around uh mm-hmm. where you bet it at or anything we should look at even over the weekend is if there's anything you're looking for as far as a starting pitcher that's coming up?
2: Yeah, it's a little bit scary because I actually like today's card. So based on how the month of April has gone for me, it's it's a little bit concerning. But uh, speaking to the point of first fives, played a couple of those today. I played Pittsburgh first five. That's a line that kind of ran out a little bit overnight where Pittsburgh became the favorite. But JT Brubaker is a guy that I am actively looking to back. He's a guy that I do like quite a bit. Both he and John Gant are in line for some regression. But I think Gant is going to come. Probably a little bit quicker and maybe a little bit sharper, uh, just in the sense that I think Brubaker's stuff is a little bit better. uh, Actually, a lot better, personally. So Brubaker's a guy that I like. So I played Pittsburgh for the first five. Don't want to touch their bullpen a whole lot. Not really sure what St. Louis does at the back end. So that is a game where, to Patrick's question, I thought there was some higher variance in the late-game situation there. So did take the first five in that one. Then similarly, the same thing with Tampa Bay. Took the first five with Ryan Yarbrough against Houston and Lance McCullers. Yarborough's a guy that he's actually increased his swinging strike rate this year. His exit velocity has gone down. His hard hit rate's gone down. And he's already a, an elite guy in that department. The Rays are doing what they do. They're optimizing his arsenal. More cutters, more changeups, more sliders. Not as many fastballs, not as many sinkers. So I really like that against an aggressive Houston lineup that probably won't put a lot of balls in play with authority. And McCullers has the walk rate issue. Tampa Bay is a much more patient lineup at home. Uh, they play two very different styles at home and on the road. So being at home, I think their patience really helps with McCullers' walk rate. So those were a couple first fives I played. I also played the Reds tonight. I'm fading Jake Arietta any chance I get. And I'm getting a pretty good price to do it tonight. So those are three of the plays I've got. And then also a total with uh, Giants and Padres under seven and a half. Really like what Logan Webb is doing for the Giants. Another one where they're optimizing his arsenal. And of course, you, Darvish, for the Padres. I mean, you know, he's as good as it gets. So I got four plays I like tonight and, you know, hopefully go three and one with them. But uh, this is the first card I felt really confident in uh, since I came back from the trip and and also really since before the trip. So uh, fingers crossed that this will be a good one for me.
1: We, I think we bet on Darvish last Friday, didn't we? It was so. like we made we made Frank give us something at the end, and he, he was he yeah, was, was fine Padres. betting, yeah. Yeah, it was Padres. Dodgers six to one, like. And yeah, and they were really good. Like Darvish was great. So yeah, I'll look at I'm I'm probably gonna bet a couple of those and then also hope that Panetta can get his shit together and the twins can figure something out. They were supposed to be a decent team, so uh I don't know what's it's going on time. here in Minnesota. It's still t- it's it, we need the, the part about baseball. Them, so.
0: We got time. So. Well, I appreciate
1: that. Yeah. Appreciate the time, Adam, and uh, appreciate the answering not only our questions but a, a user question that we're just going to keep going over first five stuff. I think that's a common question that people like. I think that's more of an opinion thing, too. Just I think a lot of people approach that differently, just like everybody approaches everything differently in this space. So, uh, I guess tell people where they can find your stuff if they want to read what you're writing and hear what you're potting. Yeah, is I that think that's fair. Pot, I think potting yeah. is fair. Yeah.
2: Uh, you can read my daily article over at ATS.io. And as I mentioned, I got the four plays today. I did break down a few other games uh, in today's article, and you can get some more detail on why I like the games I like. Uh, the Better's Box, Mondays and Thursdays. That's my MLB betting podcast. It's kind of my self therapy session sometimes. So I kind of went on a rant at the start of yesterday's show about not only what's happening in baseball this year, but also how it's actually disheartening and disenfranchising for me as a baseball fan seeing what's happening to the game right now and talking about how that's honestly kind of made it even harder to handicap you know just not liking the direction in which the game is going and you know having some difficulty kind of getting into this season and, and where things are going so that was just a pretty honest assessment of where things are and that's what I try to do with that podcast every Monday and Thursday
1: and awesome. cool. Yeah. check that out if you want to get more baseball info as I sometimes will listen to these when I get time because I'm just so out of the loop still on baseball. Eventually things will calm down and I'll have some time because I do love the sport. I love it on radio. And again, thanks a lot to our guest Adam Burke on Twitter, skating tripods. Check him out there. And uh thanks a lot again.
0: Absolutely, boys. Take yeah, care. I
1: have a good weekend. You too. All right. Well, let's get into some picks quick to close her out. It is Super Show Friday, Baseball Friday, but we still have picks. There's still picks to be had. Um, You know, it's not yeah, the beginning on of the baseball,
0: show. Got to bet on something else.
1: It's not the beginning of the show, but we can still start with basketball. Like, you you shoot. You shoot, and then I'll get into golf.
0: My Philadelphia 76ers laying a big number again against the Atlanta Hawks. In the big same number, situation, we were able to lay eight. They covered by a million. Um, nine and a half, ten looks fine. Trey Young looks like he's questionable, probably closer to doubtful, given what the original time frame was. I think it's just a great opportunity for the Sixers to continue to win, to continue to try to get back to the number one seed in the East, which we know is really important and something the whole team has been talking about for a couple weeks. Nine and a half a half's good. ten's just fine. I think Sixers cover a big number again tonight, Andrew.
1: I'm all in on this team until they meet for- the
0: Nets. Now this next one is is – I like this. I bet it. I am nervous. Um, the Portland Trailblazers are playing the Brooklyn Nets. Kevin Durant is doubtful. James Harden is out. Kyrie Irving is questionable. I am assuming that Kyrie Irving is playing. Kevin Durant's out. James Harden is going to be out. In that situation, I have Portland about a four, four-and-a-half point favorite. So really like this, I was able to grab a money line at minus 110. Minus one's fine. Minus two's okay. Um but we'll see. I'm just going to keep my fingers crossed, Andy. You know, we've had some injury shenanigans go our way and some go the other way. Maybe someone knows that Kevin Durant's in. Maybe there's a reporter or something that, that hasn't been released yet and the market. is just kind of keeping it here because they know that's coming. But assuming it's just Kyrie Irving playing for the Nets, this is a great spot for the Trailblazers, um, who are in the middle of a pretty productive East Coast road trip here. So happy to play them. Again, you know, all the way out to minus two would be fine, assuming that it's just Kyrie Irving, no Durant, no
1: Harden. I get down with that. Uh, total, we're taking our lives in our own hands again here on these totals. Let's get weird. Last night was, was
0: it's, uh, you know, I, I guess I would always rather lose by a lot than a little, but the last two nights have been pretty rough. Utah's playing Phoenix here. Donovan Mitchell's out. Mike Conley Jr. is out. Um, Phoenix is obviously a much different team than Utah played the other night when they put up 154 points in their first game without both of those guys. I also expect this game to have kind of a playoff feel, if you will. As we get towards the end of the regular season, we've got about 10 games left for every team. These marquee teams are starting to look at each other and starting to think ahead for the playoff series that are coming. There's a great chance these two teams could see each other. and At the same time, they're competing for the one seed in the West. I think this game is going to have a lot of intensity to it. I think, again, we'll see a slower pace like we do in these environments. And without Utah's lead guards again, Um, I'm going to go to the well one more time here. Under 220 would play this down to 218.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Somebody does ask a draft question, which I don't quite have an answer for yet. First pick, second round offense, plus
0: 240. It's a 50-50 shot, right?
1: It kind of is, but they went offense. Yeah, well, they went offense, offense already. It's, It's the Jags. So they took Trevor Lawrence. They took a running back. But this—I mean, this could be one of the receivers that's still sitting there. One of the Moores. This could be a couple different things there. That you know they—they they do need receiver help. They could also use offensive line help. So there's a chance, but it really does feel like this is going to be a, a corner or a safety, like uh, uh, the, uh the or a D lineman. It could be the guy from Alabama, Barmore. It could be the safety that I'd mocked them out for the first pick or the, their second pick in the first round. So I feel like it'd be a bit of a reach here, but it wouldn't surprise me if they went like with one of the Rondell or Elijah Moore. So I don't know. If, if you feel like you having a tickle, that's a pretty decent – that's a big enough number, so I don't hate it. <clears throat> and then uh, golf, I'm going to get to these quick too. I I think these are starting very soon. All my golf stuff was in the afternoon, so I left it here. But I played Naysmith. And I put this out on BetSpurts. So it was up as a post earlier. So Nace Smith over Vegas and then a double Hughes fade. I played Laird over Hughes yesterday again. I I said I wasn't excited. I think that was the one I played somebody over Hughes. So I'm I'm double Hughes fading, double Mackenzie Hughes fade. This is just a guy I'm going to play against. So I think Nick Taylor and Mr. Laird laying a half stroke with him there. The first two are at one book. The last one is at another. Obviously, usually don't see two different Hughes numbers um, on the same book. So those three, and I'll have some more out probably late tonight rather than the morning for round three as we go, and hopefully some of my outrights can start to pick it up a little. And then uh, another quick draft question before we get to tennis. To close it out, what are the thoughts on the Giants pick? I had laughed because it's like they took something beautiful and broke it. They really, really got – and. If the Bears hit on this quarterback and Justin Fields is a franchise-changing quarterback, it doesn't matter what they gave up. They could have given up three first-round picks. It would have been worth it. Getting a quarterback like that changes the franchise, and some unknown draft pick later on is not, not valued higher than that. The Bears took a big risk. If this fails, we talked about this in the chat early. If this fails, Ryan Pace is done. But if they took a safe pick and it failed, he's probably done anyway. So he went high risk, high reward, swung for the fence because this could buy him like five more years of working there, at least, if this hit. So I I didn't mind what the Bears did. I knew it, it just seemed like something that was likely to happen. But the Giants, like, Tony, not high on him. I bet against him. and busted like three of my props. So I was pretty pissed about that. Plus I just don't like the pick. So not excited about that move. Uh we'll yet to see. I'm not the greatest yeah. evaluator. So and then yeah Mills over 60. I'm not so sure on that one. I, again I I probably lean that way. I did have have him going before Mond. So hopefully I don't think we'll see him too early, but uh it'll be it'll be interesting to see if he goes in the third or or late second, I think it is a pretty good number at this point, which leads me to and then yes, J C Horn first D off the board. I didn't play it. I played first corner off at like plus two thirty. First D was like eight or ten to one early on. I mentioned it on the pod. Didn't have the balls to pull the trigger. He that was great. I'm glad we got the under. I'm glad we got the prop. And uh, let's close her out with some tennis.
0: Just a few picks. These should all be tomorrow. Again, this tournament starts about 4 in the morning East Coast time. Paula Bedosa, minus one and a half games. She is going up against Jill Teichman, You know, two players that I like quite a bit. But these are better conditions for Bedosa, and I think that she is on an upward trajectory where she's going to pass Teichman in terms of just her overall level of talent here. Happy to lay the one-and-a-half games with her. Played the money line myself a little bit earlier. That started to float out to minus, like, 135, which, honestly, there's still a little bit of value there, but I'd rather lay the one-and-a-half games. If she wins, this is not going to be a situation where, you know, it's going to be like 7-6, you know, oh-six, seven-six, 6 7-6, seven, six, something. She's not going to get blown out, and, and you know, you're going to get snookered here having the games instead of the money line. So happy to lay the one-and-a-half to save a little juice. We've also got Veronica Kudermatova. She is playing Kiki Burton's. Kiki Burtons is a player that was good at tennis in 2019, and I'm not really sure who's out there pretending to be her, but it doesn't look like that person that we once saw um, and who was very competitive. Kuta Matova here, minus three games like this. I have this closer to four, you know, so we're under four. We're under three and a half. You know, we get to standard. a couple key numbers from a spread perspective. And, you know, I forgot to put it on here, but go ahead and parlay the two of them. I think the parlay plays around plus 170 I'd still see value, like I said, in that Bedosa money line, even though it's starting to drift out to 135 minus 140. And then Kudermetova, I believe, is still below minus 200, which is she should probably be 225 there in that match against Burdens. You know, given the way the two of them are playing, and you know, again, just kind of overall, you know, data even over the last couple of years at this point, Kudermatova is really starting to catch up. So back both of those women tomorrow. I played the, the game spreads. You can parlay the money lines if you want. I think there's still value in all those numbers.
1: Dutchum, parlayum, round robin that shit. You can't really do that with two picks, Kenny. That's a little tricky. That's just one one parlay of two. So, all right. Well, that's this that's it for the week. Kind of a long one, which I like. Fine with that. I I don't have a lot going on. Build up on a Friday. Friday. But- yeah, I've got golf to watch. I've got draft props to dig into. And, again, thank you to the sponsor this week. If you do and haven't, you should sign up for WinBat. You can find the links in our pinned tweet. Thanks to Adam Burke at Skidding Tripods for joining us today, talking some baseball. I'm probably going to just play on that under. I let nothing nothing better than a late Friday night baseball under. So that uh, And then just ignore the score. I'll just check the score later. So <laughs> that's that's uh, for me and best. Alex. Yeah, that's it for the week. We'll catch you Monday. Have fun. Have a great weekend.